Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary, MAPs to the A's. So I should have looked up as well as to the R. P A R. P A TRUN. MAPs to the A, to the T's, to the R's, to the O's, to the N's. I didn't do that on purpose, patrons, and you know it because you know me. Thanks for supporting the show. Tonight's episode of Sleep With Me is also made possible by the hard work of uh, Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful Studios, who edits episodes and does the theme music, Carl W., who edits episodes, uh, Scotty, Jennifer, Kenny, Honor, 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 Artwork, Jonathan Manns on the Lullabies. I'm at Deer Scooter on Twitter. Uh, check out all the other amazing podcasts over here at Night Vale Presents. I want to thank my patrons, my patron peeps, and the listeners have their own Facebook group, and I want to thank the moderators over there, uh, Keith and Stacy, uh, Sarah, uh, Julie, uh, Jennifer, and Laura. And uh, that's it. Let's keep the show going. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep with you. It's a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is try to create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, changes in temperature, routine, work schedule, your traveling... You get to deal with one of those inflatable beds for some reason. I mean, W, what, who, you, like they put, they say, okay, here, we got to, let's get back to those inflatable beds because I'm probably going to be sleeping in one in a day or two for something. Uh, where was it? Oh, I'm going to try to create a safe place. Uh, it'll be inflated with hot air, but it'll be so much more comfortable. No vinyl here. It, but maybe some vinyl records, uh, at least the soothing part of the vinyl records, which is kind of everything. The tactileness, uh, safe check, if, if, uh, safe places need to be tactile. I would say there's a bit more artistry in the design of co- covers and uh, inserts and all those, and even the paper cover, like all that stuff. It, it, vinyl's got me beat on that one. But I do put a lot of work into crafting. Uh, I don't know what that is, an art, an art, an artifice of, of a sleep podcast. Uh, and then the people that love vinyl, I don't have, I, I would love vinyl if I had any uh, gumption, but I'm short, I've been, I've been short on gumption since uh, the day I, the day I was granted umption. And it's all from assumptions, hearty, har, har. But, uh, you know, the soothing, uh, when a record's spinning, you know, there's motion, uh, there's a, there's a, it's just a richer sound, they say. And uh, so I don't know exactly what, it doesn't have anything to do with this podcast, but it's a very similar thing. Maybe some vacuum, I mean, I'll bring some vacuum tubes in too. Because uh, the vacuum tubes, they do give it, believe it or not, I used to use a, in a preamp with a vacuum tube in it. For a brief time with this podcast, it made my voice even creakier and dulcety. It made my dulcets creakier than they are even now. And maybe I was riding that vacuum tube a little hot. Uh, uh, but uh, 
you know, in my imagination, the vacuum tubes have a nice warm glow. And so I'm trying to create a safe place. If you're new, trying to create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to over-describe and then get distracted, clearly. I'm going to use uh, lowing soothing tones, pointless meanders, extra stuff, uh, stuff we might not even need. But I say, I'll plug, I'll plug in these vacuum tubes just in case. Maybe that humming will, uh, that could be nice. A nice little barely, barely noticeable background hum right in those soothing, soothing wavelengths. And the record will be rotating. Uh, all to take your mind off stuff, keep you company. If you're new, let me give you the setup here, because I'm, I'm uh, I guess I'm already I'm eating up a lot of time. I don't even know. Excuse me. I, I think I snacked on some of my own podcast intro time by accident there. Uh, but if you're new, here's the structure show. For, show starts off with a few minutes of business. And the business at the top of the show and between the intro and the story are how we keep over 650 archived episodes free. And we keep this podcast going. So if you're, you're a regular listener, thanks for checking that out or going to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash sponsors to look that up. If you're new, not super important. Then there's an intro. The intro is around 12 minutes of me trying to explain what the podcast is. Uh, more concise podcasters have been known to do it in, in 30 seconds, uh, 15 seconds. Let's see. Let me time myself. How long? Because Craig and John are good at this. Script notes. Uh, something about screenwriting and things interesting to screenwriters. Uh, yeah, that takes, they, they do it in like 10 seconds. And there's other shows that can do it like that. Uh, me takes about 12 minutes. Uh, so I don't know if that's 10 times. 10 times 10 seconds is what one, one minute. So maybe a hundred, well, yeah, it takes me a hundred times, time, 120 times longer. And I never successfully, believe it or not, I've used all, I use all that time not to explain myself in an efficient way. And not because it's not possible, of course. He says in jest, maybe. Uh, but to give people room to wind down, uh, to get ready for bed. Uh, to, to moisturize or, you know, puff your pillows, get your bed ready, uh, to get you in the mood. And to remind you, this is a safe place that's here for you to help you fall asleep. So the intros are windy. It's a good way to test out the show. Some people fall asleep during them. A few people skip them. But it's kind of a show within a show where, I guess, yeah, I unsuccessfully introduce the podcast and in doing so, it's a success. I, I don't, again, I always bring that up. I'm not sure if that's a paradox or not, but so that's the intro. Then there's some business. Then there's a bedtime story. Uh, tonight, I don't know what it'll be. We'll find out together. It'll be a nice, soothing uh, bedtime story uh, with a lot of goofiness and silliness and. Uh, you say, what in the heck is it? Was it was that pod? He made the first Cubist podcast, and I'd say I'm not even sure what differentiates a Cubist. Uh, so don't, please don't don't quote me on that. Even though I just said it in in my own podcast intro, I don't know if that has a ring to it. He made the first Cubist podcast. It's missing some maybe something. Uh, I mean, I do try to be give you impressions of stuff. You say like. Uh, 
Anyway, let me see. So there's 12 minutes intro or so. Then there's a bedtime story. Then there's thank yous at the end. And so it's a structure show. Here's the other things. It's a podcast you don't need to listen to. You can kind of listen. You could turn me down. You could turn me up. Whatever works. You can put a pillow. You can put me in your pillows. You could leave me on your nightstand. You could Bluetooth me. You could headphone me. Uh, you don't even need to call me maybe because whoever that, you know, that, that was episode 99 out of 600 and something episodes. Uh, and no one, no pop artists from Canada have called me maybe. So, uh, okay. So, uh, what was, I got lost in my own, uh, mirth or something. I don't, why did the word mirth just pop in my head? Okay. So. Oh, you don't need to listen to me. Uh, yeah, that's what I was doing. I was demonstrating that. Uh, so there's no pressure to fall asleep. I'll be here for about an hour. You could put shows up back to back. There's a lot of people that listen to the episodes all night long. It gives you plenty of time to fall asleep. You could fall asleep in the first four minutes, or if you can't sleep, I'll be here all the way to the end. Because I know what it's like out there in the deep, dark night. And I know the, uh, how it can feel. I don't want to get into it now. And... Uh, so if you can't sleep, I'm here. I'm here all the way. Uh, I'm here for you. They, they make these episodes, even though you, you might say, well, I don't know how he could consider them complete. I do. I stick around to the end, putting effort in. And you, you know what? I'll be here for you. Uh, so, but you also need to, no pressure to f fall asleep. But, uh, you know, do it whenever you want. Uh, can you imagine a parking lot? Uh, I guess this is kind of what valet parking is. But what if they, like, instead of valet parking, like, it was like half a valet. Or I guess it would be surprise valet parking. Like, you pull in somewhere, and they say, literally, put your car wherever you want. We'll take care of it. Uh, uh, I guess that is valet parking is a little more organized. So I don't see how this would actually work. Uh, but it kind of works as a metaphor. You see, just leave your car wherever you want. We got you. I guess like that would be the attitude. It'd be the chill valet or something. Velvet valet. That's what we'd call it. And maybe we could, because I don't know how we'd use market inefficiencies to make the price. Uh, maybe we work it on a barter system too. Uh, so then you give the valet something of value. You could give them money or something else of value. Uh, but instead of having to pull up to the curb of the restaurant, uh, they got a parking lot somewhere. They should just put it wherever. Don't worry about it. Uh, we got you. I mean, don't put it into another car, please. Uh, but all the cars are surrounded by velvet ropes, uh, which are enforced with some sort of, you know, super titanium uh, carbon nanos with velvet, velvet on the outside. So you can't even do it anyway. But yeah, just leave it wherever you want. So this podcast is a little bit like that because you just fall asleep whenever you want. And I guess that leads me, it's funny how my brain works when it works. Because uh, I was thinking about the velvet. Because uh, I was thinking about those inflatable beds. There's one big brand name, but now I think, I don't know if they were an infomercial. But they were the first company to kind of say, uh, hey, these camping mattresses, everybody uses them for their guests. Uh because sofa beds, sofa beds were a thing, I think, in the 70s or the 80s. And I think Seinfeld made fun of them. So then that, they, no one heard about the great uh, sofa bed stock crash in 1991. 
I guess no one read my book. Uh, I guess they threw them in a brook. Uh, the Great Sofa uh, Stock Crash in 1991. Yeah, crickets even there in a podcast. But so uh, then people started using camping mattresses. And then at some point, and this is any economic historians may be uh, not sleeping when they hear all this. Uh, because they're going to be researching, you know, no need to fact check me. Uh, not going to be a good use of your time. Uh, you could nonsense check me. Uh, but so then they, they said, uh, this one company, Visionaries, I would say, they said, hey, those camping mattresses are okay, but there's like these downsides. Let's make it so it's higher off the ground. Uh, so you have the illusion of comfort. It's the same camping mattress, but twice the air. And you're off the ground, so you feel like you're less closer to the ground. Maybe you're less likely to, to touch the ground because the mattress, uh, yeah, because you got double the air. And then, just like the camping mattress, uh, we're going to put that flock of velvet on the top, uh, you know, to give the air of luxury. You won't be surrounded by vinyl everywhere because uh, you have that uh, sweet, sweet uh millimeter of uh, velvet-like material between you and the vinyl. And then the beds will easily deflate. Uh, and those are all good things. I mean, those all seem like great ideas. And uh, those are good uh, for guests. That if, you, if you have, like, a guest that are having more than two bottles of wine, these, these inflatable beds work great. But uh, what I've learned is that, uh, at least in my life, uh, as soon as you eliminate those those uh, the the bed bed comforting uh, beverages, uh, they leave a lot to be desired. But you know, sometimes you need them. You got gas. You, you kids might not like them. I don't know what my point was though. I mean, good like uh, I guess uh, I don't know. I guess I've just been thinking. Maybe that's where my mirth is coming from. If I know what mirth means, uh, is it anything like dread? Because I'm saying, oh boy. You're going to be sleeping in one of those soon, yeah, just for a couple nights. Um. Anyway, I thought I had some sort of a thing, but but it, like, uh, yeah, those things, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know. And that's what happens with this podcast, the podcast to take your mind off stuff. So if you're in one of those beds, I'm here. I'm here to keep you company. And so I guess I should close out the intro with saying, hmm, we're here in the middle of the bed. It's pretty comfortable, and if you don't move too much, uh, just get your pillow right. Uh, don't mind those squeaking noises, because uh, the velvet dampens those noises anyway. And now that you're settled into a spot, you're realizing, hey, this isn't bad here. You're breathing in, your shoulders are relaxing. As always, when when we haven't done one of these guided meditations in a while, but you squeeze your butt cheeks together and let them relax. Oh, and crinkle up your toes like you're making a fist with your toes and let them relax and uh, pretend you're uh, chewing some sort of invisible uh, cud like a cow. And breathe while you're doing that, but don't actually chew anything. Just move your jaw clockwise for four turns. Two, three, four, 
Now counterclockwise, two, three, four, and settle in. And uh, yeah, this is another episode of Sleep With Me Podcast. Now this podcast doesn't work for everybody, so give it a few tries if you're new. I appreciate you coming by. And I work very hard because I yearn. And when I, you know, I do the podcast, I really strive uh, to help. Uh, so I really, really uh, hope this podcast can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And if you could uh, stay here for a few more minutes and listen, this is uh, how we keep the show going. All right, here, everybody. It's time for another uh, episode here. <laughs> Obviously, we're already in it. Uh, and tonight's going to be a guest episode from, with my, you know, drum roll, please. Uh, but you may have seen the title, which may have his name in it. So you might already be tickled pink with excitement or tickled purple. Or, you know, maybe more of a rosé color, which maybe pink is uh, my neighbor Ray. But for any new listeners who are listening, uh, let me set it up for you. Because uh, hopefully you're new to the show and want to make you feel comfortable too. So, uh, I have a neighbor, his name is Ray Perkins, and he lives next door to me, and he, he we've crossed paths, I'm sure he'll talk about it, but ideally he'll get right into the business, like, uh, into the, his story, and he's, like, the most adju- well-adjusted adult I've come across. I, I would say he's an optimist, uh, but a re- also a realist. He's a humanist. Uh, he's really kind. He's not also here yet. That's why I can say this stuff without feeling uncomfortable. And, uh, like, he doesn't, I, I'll just send him an edited version of the episode with this nice stuff taken out. But he's really, like, he's a really kind man, and he's quirky, and he's not perfect. You know, nobody is perfect, uh, but he does have this great love of theme parks, particularly Disney theme parks, but he also likes the other ones. And I found that what people are interested in is really interesting and also can be lulling and soothing. And so he comes on the show from time to time, usually once or twice a year, when he has something he wants to share with the audience and the audience misses him. And you might say, well, I thought this was your, and I say, or some people say, Scoots, you and Ray sound very similar. And I don't know which kind of effect. I think that might be proximity effect because we're pro- we prox- we live close to each other. Ray, I think Ray's from Parkchester originally, uh, but I'm not positive. My dad's family's from Parkchester, so that's probably why. But yeah, he's like a, a neighbor. He, he's uh, somewhere, uh, his age could be anywhere from 42 to about 84, uh, but I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I would take a guess, but, uh, you know, I don't like, uh, I did, I, like a year and a half ago, I guessed, and then... Uh, so he's just a, he's a neighbor. I would say he is like, a, like, a, I can't say he's a grandfather figure to me, but he's a grandfatherly figure to me. And he's going to come on here and he's going to talk about, uh, uh, I guess I could set it up. Here, here he is. Usually, this is Ray Perkins. Uh, he's going to talk about a ride that exists in both Disneyland and Disney World. And he's going to talk about the differences. He doesn't have all his technical stuff set up. So we we actually, like, uh, let me get the headphones on him. You won't even notice we're gone. But I'm going to set you up with my neighbor, Ray, uh, the kindest, most well-adjusted man that I know.
Oh, hello, 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 my friends. This is your neighbor, Ray, your friend, Ray. I'm so good to be here in your ears. And to all you new listeners, I'm going to be here to kind of earn your trust. I'm Ray Perkins, and I'm Scooter's favorite neighbor. And I live by the, now I call him the pod boy from sometimes, sometimes I call him the pod boy, especially when he glares at me. And I know he makes your little sleep podcast here. And he's nice enough to have me on here from time to time where I could talk about Disney parks. And I know not everybody likes going to these parks or they say theme parks or they say consume. And I know, believe me, your friend Ray is well aware of the impact we have on the world. And also, uh, I I realize the contradictions here of being a person here in the Western world. So I'm not perfect, and uh, I realize none of these corporations are perfect. But I do like to just spend my time at these theme parks because uh, sometimes I need a little break from the world. And uh, I like to suspend my disbelief, and I like to go on the rides. And I like to quiet down my insides and uh, drift away and, and create a story. And be in a special place, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, and friends beyond the binary. And I like to be a friend in your ears here. So that's why I come on the show. Now, Scooter and I, we talked about, oh, what would I do next? I like to, you know, because I like, here's the things I like to do. I like to say hi. When I see people, I like to say, hello, how you doing? Oh, I love this or that. When I notice uh, something nice and special and unique. You know, I like to acknowledge those things. I like to allow people to be themselves. Uh, I like to notice things about people. I like to uh, celebrate them. So those are some of my hobbies. I also like to uh, smile. That's another big thing I like to do. Wave. I'm a big waver. And I love walking. Uh, But today we're not going to really talk about walking. We're going to talk about comparing uh, because there's uh, there two rides, one ride in Disneyland and one ride in Disney World called the Pirates of the Caribbean. And it's a wonderful ride. They've been changed. And actually, as we're recording this, they're changing it for the times because the ride was a little, uh, you know, wasn't always, uh, you say, well, I don't know if I'm comfortable with some of the humor in this ride. It's uh But but so they're changing the ride. They also changed it over the last few years because they had the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And, uh, you know, Scooter's daughter, when she was a little kid, she said, uh, Pirate of the Caribbean. And I always thought that was funny. The Caribbean. She said, I'm a Pirate of the Caribbean. Like you would clip something. And I said, you know who could use a carabiner would be a pirate. Uh, they could it would have saved them a lot of time. They had to use bowling knots and those kind of things. Uh, but so we're going to compare the two rides because they're very different. While they're very similar, they're also very different. And this way, I could take you on a little bit of a dual journey through through the two rides, and I think that'd be very relaxing. But first, let me give you some f- facts. This is from Inquisitor. Except I just lost my place here. And this was an article, let's see here, when it was dated and who wrote it. It's by Danny Cox, uh, COX, uh, February 10th, 2018. So not that long ago, Danny was writing about the ride. I just want to share some facts. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean in uh, is in the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. It's in the Adventureland. It takes uh, 7.5 minutes as the duration of the ride portion 
It uh, is it opened on December 15th, 1973. It has a double front entrance, uh, and you can board on two sides of the ride, which merge into one lane. And there are some differences that we'll talk about. Uh, and then Pirates of the Caribbean in Disneyland is in New Orleans Square. Its duration, oh boy, hold your hats, hold your pirate hats, uh, 16 minutes, over double. It opened on March 18th, 1967. Uh, so what is that, six years old. Uh, it, its entrance is a front door and it has boarding on only one side of the boats. Now let's talk about uh, a couple things when you notice, what you'll notice about the rides if you have the pleasure of being either place. Uh, now, Pirates of the Caribbean in Disneyland, what happens usually when I go on it at normal time, I'll be coming past the, uh, be, uh, you'll come through Adventureland. This is just how Ray walks. This isn't how everybody, but you'll pass the Jungle Cruise. Then you'll pass the uh, Indiana Jones ride. Uh, then you'll pass the treehouse, and that's actually like a crowded point at the ride. And if you bear right at the treehouse, there's a restaurant there. And this is where the Fantasmic Show is. And on your left is the entrance to Pirates of the Caribbean. And it looks like it's going underground, but it's just going under some walkways. And the ride queue, with how advanced queues have become, this is a, it's a bit plain. But it actually isn't too bad, because if you love your neighbors like I do, you'll go under the walkway... And it does have some raw iron work. It's in the New Orleans Square, so it has, you know, the area music, and you can hear the chatter of the park. And you go into this plaza, which has uh, some trees in there, and you'll do some winding through the ride there. And you'll wind through there, and, and you could go left or right, but they're both just uh, cues with uh, the uh, chains, you know, brass chains and posts. And you'll weave in and out of there, and eventually you'll work your way up uh, ramps to the second floor. And then you'll pass a set of windows, like you're going in a little bit of a building there. And eventually that's what will happen, my friends. You'll go right into a building. You'll you'll still be separated on two sides, uh, two lines. And when you first go in, the first thing you'll see, which I, which is one of the things I do enjoy about this attraction, you'll see how far back the boats are waiting to unload, which is something I don't exactly enjoy. It's like sitting there forever waiting to get off the ride. Once my belief is unsuspended, or my disbelief, however you want to refer to it, uh, but you'll see a bird there, and you'll start to get the music, uh, which I cannot sing. Scooter said no music and no singing. But there's a parrot there, and it'll be squeaking and squawking and talking about, uh, I, I don't know what it talks about, to be honest, but it says some funny things. It doesn't say Polly wants a cracker, I don't think. And there's a big map there, and it says Pirates of the Caribbean, and there's, I think there's some, like, uh, I don't totally remember, but I think there's like a pirate's chest, a treasure chest, and and then on the walls are like uh, almost like concept art of uh, pirates, uh, of different pirates on the walls. So, so really some good time to soak things in instead of, uh, you know, not overwhelming things to soak in, but some things to grab your attention. And obviously even Ray, when I try to pay attention, 
I guess I don't remember what the bird is saying. Uh, or even what's the pirate pirate map is. But then you'll go along, and the boats will be going along your side, in a, like in a canal there. And usually the line's not too long. Very busy times of year could get up to an hour. I don't know if I've seen it longer than that. Uh, but it, it, the line is always moving, which is nice psychologically because you feel like you're moving. And then eventually you'll get up and the boats will be emptying off to the right. And you'll be getting on, let's say, how many people in your party. And sometimes, you know, if it's slow, it, it, what's wonderful is I'll get my own row. And I, if I could sit in the back or the front, I could be, you know, really suspend my disbelief. So that is how you get on. That's how the uh, beginning of the uh, uh, one at uh, uh, Disneyland is now. Uh, and I think it's called Lafitte's Landing is the place where you get on the ride, named after a, a famous pirate in the New Orleans area. Uh, also we'll go into more details in, in a moment, but, uh, in Disney world, it's a, it's a Castillo, a castle that you're going to. And while there are some nice atmospheric things about the Disneyland version, uh, it is much more immersive and better for suspending your disbelief or your belief. Uh, I mean, cause what if you have a belief system that doesn't believe in pirates or the joy of piracy in a fictional way? Or your time traveler that had to deal with pirates, and you say, I don't want to go on a ride that celebrates piracy. I would say, okay, well, let's immerse you in the fictional world of fun piracy for fun, for entertaining. And I don't know if it's a, I don't know if we're zeitgeisting or schadenfreuding, but uh, we're observing the pirates. Uh, but in order to do so, so it's in a castle from the outside, and it looks very dramatic. And then almost all of the waiting is done inside. If it is very, very busy, you'll have to wait in a shaded area, like that's covered from the rain or the sun. And it may even have air conditioning, even though it's outside. But eventually you'll work your way into the castle, and there's a, that really helps to suspend the belief, uh, disbelief. Uh, because you have castle walls, it's tactile, you could touch them with your fingers. You're looking through little windows and seeing things like uh, people have been in the castle for a long time playing chess or doing things. You'll see them preparing in case the pirates are coming or going. I guess I don't know the storyline, but uh, uh, so I, I guess I can't be an expert from there. But so uh, you go through the castle. Eventually, you split up on both sides again. I don't remember really. Your friend Ray really doesn't remember if you're going uh if there's two different views or whatever, but you feel like you're in a castle. I guess that was my main point. Uh, so you say, oh boy, we're getting ready. Maybe you could, you know, make your own story while you're there. Are you observing the pirates or are you training to be a pirate? Or are you, uh, you know, make up a story that you could enjoy and make it up with your family or just to, you know, be a silent observer. Sometimes they just like to be a silent observer floating through there. And not really remembering all the details. Then eventually you get on the boat there. And I think you're getting on both sides, as that article said. And then you're off. Now, the difference, now let's get into the difference of getting off. Uh, in, in not, you know what I mean? In Pirates of the Game, I mean, getting the ride, start, getting the ride started, getting off. Uh, the beginning of the ride. Uh, because your friend Ray... Now, this is where Disneyland really uh, 
while they don't get you don't get to suspend your disbelief in the in the Castillo de Moro or whatever, you really do at the beginning of the ride. Uh, because you, it, there's also an indoor restaurant called the Blue Bayou, which just is is cool because it has this you deck it's decorated like it's outside of the bayou at night. Uh, so you're seeing people dining, but the sound is kind of dissipated, and the music's playing. The speeches, there's some close speakers. And you're going through the bayou, and you're seeing some houses that are built right on the bayou. You're seeing some keel boats, I believe. You're seeing trees. You're seeing fireflies. You're hearing frogs. And then eventually you see an older gentleman uh, in a rocking chair smoking a pipe. I don't know if there's any dialogue there. Uh, and it's, you know, the sun is setting, you've got sky, you could see, I think, I think, I believe you could see the moon or something, uh, but you could see the night sky or the evening sky. And you really, uh, you, you're really already saying, oh boy, I'm really getting suspended in this uh, disbelief here. It's like, uh, there's blue, uh, there's a moon, there's lots of trees there. And then even the the, the, the keel boats and the, the houses on the bayou, you know, they're lit with uh, lanterns that, that are flickering. And all the trees are growing right up out of the bayou. So that part is really, oh, and, and I don't know if the, what, when, I, you know, Ray doesn't really know his trees. And these are probably real trees. Uh, but there's trees growing, some are flourishing, and some are older trees that aren't around. And, uh, like, uh, I don't know, I like that there's fireflies, there's even paintings of houses off in the distance, which are cool. And then it feels like you have civilization on one side, at these all these people dining, and that you're going into a special world. And really good design. I mean, I mean, no offense to, to the people nowadays, but I say make a rag like this that really immerses me physically because these are all physical effects. And then, yes, you see the older gentleman and he's sitting there enjoying, I think he's having a pipe and maybe he has some coffee there. And he's just relaxing and rocking. And then you go under... uh a uh, a couple sets of arches, and you feel like, oh boy, where are we going now? And again, the lighting is dramatic because it's all flickering, and it's going slow. And there's lots of brickwork. These arches. Uh, you pass one more, uh, another little house, I think. Uh, the, the, again, you say, hmm, and then you feel like you're traveling. And then eventually you, you, the lights start to get dimmer. And then you see the older, I don't know if they call it Jolly Roger, but uh, Jolly Roger says to you, uh, uh, hey, everybody, by the way, uh, you know, uh, uh, friends of uh, friendship, uh, uh, don't tell uh, tales out of school. They don't, they only tell tales of kindness. Uh, all our friends at the big farm don't necessarily know uh, uh, everything about everybody uh, or something like that. Now, in Disney World, I believe, you just what you do is you're in a cave. I, I'm trying to think at the part where there's like a storm or something. But in Disney World, you enter a cave right away. And you have the stalagmites and the stalactites and the blue-purple lights uh, flickering like you're on some sort of cave ride 
And you say, okay, this is interesting. And there's some waterfalls off to the side. Then there's a mist waterfall with a projection on it. Now, now there's real waterfalls, which are impressive. Uh, and they create an atmosphere. Then you pass through like a fake mist waterfall, uh, which is exciting. And uh, you, you go deeper in the cave. It gets a little bit darker. And you say, oh, boy, where are we going? And then you start to hear as, the, like, you start to hear uh, rain and uh, thunder. And you say, okay, what is going on up here as we go around a deeper bend? And that's in Disney World. Now, back to our friend, uh, old uh, Crossbones Joe, he says, oh, our friends have everybody. Now, this one, you get to go on a little wee-wee down a little hill where you say, wee and you you get it, you pick up some momentum, and that is very fun. And you also get readjusted to a new world. You say, okay, I went from one world, now I'm in another one, which is a cave. Uh, and the purple, it has the purples again. It doesn't have right away stalactites or stalagmites, I don't think. Uh, but it does feel a little bit darker, and it makes more sense because you've moved somewhere. And there's some greens and some purples, and the water's uh, lit. Then you go down another little hill, uh, or you could say it's a continuation. But I like to say, oh, we went down another hill. Then you see some waterfalls. Uh, so you say, okay, now we're similar a little bit to with the waterfalling. Uh, but I think this one has some stalactites and some stalagmites. And then you turn the corner, and this is where both rides are very similar, in that you see a spot, so like, so we're in Disneyland right now, and you pass a spot on your right where it looks like something from Goonies, uh, but without the kids, like where One-Eyed Willie and his team were burying stuff or trying to dig stuff up, and they said, well, I think I want this for myself. I'm not here to share any treasure, gold, blooms. Or however you say it. I say, these are the blooming trouble, these things. Uh, I don't understand why you can't all get, just get along. But they don't, and uh, it ends up the only person uh, celebrating this are the seagulls uh, that are on the head of one of One-Eyed Willie's uh, friends. But again, it's a reminder, your belief is now suspended, your disbelief, and you're in this new world. And not everything is what it seems. Then you get to pass some more cave-like things. Uh, uh, another waterfall and sparkly stuff. Then you see the thunder and lightning uh, after a couple more waterfalls, I think. And then you say, okay, this is even more. Like there's rain, there's wind, and there's one of old One-Eyed Willie's crew steering a ship that's no longer... A uh, sailable ship, but this person is still at the wheel sailing it. And there's rain effects. It is really, especially as a, for a child, you say, how is this even possible, this scene, uh, where it looks like this uh, person who now has uh, left a corporal behind, if you can tell when I'm talking in code, they've gone to the big farm, but their corporal thing is still behind steering the ship. It is really, really, like I said, very, very immersive. And then in Disney World, it's the same thing. It just happens on the other side of your car. Like you pass on the left there, like a beach uh, with the Goonies, and they say, well, they couldn't share, so nobody got any uh, treasures. 
And then we have we even have some uh, crabby friends there, and then a little uh, mermaid friend who got caught up in the hullabaloo, I guess. Uh, and then we see on the right, uh, very similar to Disneyland, a, a friend a figure uh, still steering the ship, uh, still st- staying the path, as they say. Now, then in a Disney World, you go into a very, uh, uh, like a scene separating cave where you, the lights go low. And you say, huh, where am I here? I do not know, uh, which I like. It is very immersive. And I believe this is where you go downhill. Uh, and you say, woo, woo, wee. So this spot is very immersing. And, and then you go, you like, so you say, well, you lose your orientation and you're kind of deep in darkness. Now with Disneyland, you go into another room, uh, which I would say, again, this is very Goonies-esque, very immersive. And I'm not even sure where we are. I say to myself, where are we? Uh, you could be, we could be in an old ship or we could be in uh, an old cave hideout. Uh, but there's a couple of pirates that have been there too long playing chess, eating. And there's like the old ship's mast with the crow's nest. There's a ship's wheel light chamber. There's a bar set up where you say, hello, uh, so an old pirate hangout. And maybe there's even some treasure, some bottles of rum. A table set up for dinner. Then you see a very nice bedroom where One-Eyed Willie would probably be. And he, there is someone uh, uh, like One-Eyed Willie. And this room, I, I guess I don't even know uh, what to say about it. They, there's like a One-Eyed Willie-esque figure who's like the leader. I guess I, you say, well, who's, who's, uh, who's One-Eyed Willie? I'm g- g- mixing me up, Ray. And I would say that's the leader, and he's in bed, but he's been in bed for so he's still sitting up working, and I believe he's using like a what are those called a magnifying glass to look at some gem or some gold blooms or something, and uh, he's been in bed too long. There's also someone invisible playing the piano, but they do have a shadow, I think. Uh, and that is an effect. You're seeing it's not a player piano. It's a player playing a piano that you may not see. And that is very. Now, the whole time in this ride, you know, has these different theme songs, the song uh, playing over and over in different ways and in different moods. Uh, uh, so that's another thing. And then also using the lighting and stuff. So when you see this Disneyland ride, you say, wait a sec, this is the older one. And maybe this was before people were in such a hurry they could build a mood. But you, yeah, you see, there's a chandelier, and you say even the opulence of this room did not work out for this pirate leader. Even having a self-playing play a piano with an invisible player, and you also see maps on the walls. And you back, you, then you go back into the cave. Here, this is in Disneyland. I don't think this is any of this is in Florida at all. Uh, but you're really you're down deep. Then you go into another room, which is clearly a treasure room. and has piles and piles of treasure. And this is clearly a cave that is just full of different kinds of treasure. Jewels, uh, gold, uh, jewelry, candelabras, uh, you know, long stuff. And there's an, even another pirate friend down there that says, uh, I've been waiting for a ride here for like, for, you know, 400 years or so. 
then you go into the uh, the scene change, I guess, and it's a little bit. Uh, it's not as dark as in Disneyland, uh, Disney World. Uh, and then you go through another misty waterfall. And I don't know if you go down here. I'm going to have to think about it. But you go through another misty waterfall. But it, there's more purples. And there's usually a projection on the waterfalls talking to you. It's just mist. It's not real water. Oh, yeah. And then you get a real deep of a fog effect. So much fog here. Uh, and then it's the same in both rides, I think. Uh, from Not from here on out, but from here. Like, uh, you go into the big scene, the big room. Uh, where either place is a huge, this is when your mind gets blown. There's a full-size pirate ship, uh, uh, captain, somebody, uh, is at there, uh, saying, hey guys, we're coming for your stuff. And the ceilings, I don't know how high they are in reality, but they're very high. And you say, holy mackerel, in this, uh, a cannon thingamajigs, you know, they're saying, hey, it's like a little bit like a dodgeball game with light-up dodgeballs there. Uh, so there's a lights lighting, there's a thundering, thundering of the dodgeballs when the air pushes them because they have the, uh, you know, the things that push out. There's, like, barrels floating. Uh, there's even towers in the distance. And then there's, like, a Castillo. I don't know if it's Castillo de Moro, but there's, a, you know, the defending the, the, the town, the castle. Uh, in Disneyland, I think there's even some, uh, like, uh, what are they called? Shadow effects of people like a hero, a hero and a non-hero doing things. Then you go into the town with both of them. And I think in the town, the pirates are talking to the mayor in a very uh, deliberate way. I think the Rolita or something and his wife and all the town, some of the townspeople, uh, and you see they've arrived in town. They say, hey, Mayor, where's all the gold stuff? Uh, we need to take all your gold stuff. Uh, and then you also see in both rides the new thing, which is Mr. Johnny Depp. Uh, and he's there, and he's uh, hiding out, listening in, I believe, because he's still, I think he's still a pirate at heart. Uh, and he's saying, well, let me hear where the gold stuff is, and I'll go help myself to the gold stuff. Uh and, uh, so that's that whole scene and it's very dramatic, very detailed. I mean, even like you wouldn't say, you, you would say this, uh, spans it's moving figures or nearly moving figures. I mean, the Johnny Depp figure has better motion and better skin, but he's always had good skin, I believe. Uh, and there's also the town, you know, so it's a very, very uh, multi-layered, so many things to take in, probably a bunch of hidden things that Ray doesn't even, I don't even know about, I don't remember. Uh, there's even at different parts, I think even in here, there's like uh, goats and things. Uh, and this goes for both places. And then it goes into a scene which they're going to get rid of, of auctioning, uh, uh, and saying, hey, how about if we get ourselves a bride because we're a pirate without uh, whatever. Uh, but along here, everything's pretty much the same there. And there's lots of jokes. And then you go under a bridge uh, and there's a mule. And then there's pirates talking and drinking and playing music. And then there's uh, uh, people making mayhem uh like, uh, the pirates, uh, people are chasing pirates with brooms saying, stay out of my stuff already. 
and uh, like those things. Pirates are already getting pretty loaded, which isn't good because uh, this probably, like you probably saw the foreshadowing at the beginning of the ride. And then there's one really drunk pirate, uh, and he's got a blue shirt on, and he's got the key to the map or something, and Johnny Depp's trying to sneak the key away from him. The dog's trying to, uh, there's a dog barking. Johnny Depp's hiding in a barrel. And uh, he's saying, you know, where the heck is the key? I want to take the key. And another thing to do is look up in the sky. This, the, the, even though the sky is like the roof, uh, uh, they do a pretty good job other than a couple things where you say, wow, there's clouds up there and things. Uh, then you go under another bridge. And uh, to the right of the bridge is a drunken pirate. Uh, I think this is when it is. Uh, is this when it is? It's just a drunken pirate singing, I think. Uh, and uh, I don't know, maybe he's talking about something. And you go under the next bridge and you realize uh, the pirates have, uh, uh, they, they say, well, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's, put the, let's have a little campfire song. So you see three pirates singing with a mule about the campfire song. But the camp, they're not very uh, attentive, I guess you'd say. And there's also a dog singing along with them. And it's very funny, uh, uh, that part, just the singing and the dog. Uh, but you say, well, you probably should, you know, if you're going to have a campfire song, do a better job of it next time. And you see one pirate uh, taking, he's carrying a bunch of things. He's trying to get on a boat with like uh, 50 suitcases of looted things. And uh, a bunch of hats and stuff. So that's a little comic relief there. And uh, let's see, I'm trying to think what else is there. Then there's like one of the most famous things that I remember people talking about. You know, I have to probe my memory here. But in Disney World, there's a pirate sitting on a bridge, uh, rocking his leg. And they said, this pirate has hairy legs. They actually put hair on the pirate's legs. And I think that was one of the big PR things uh, uh, for Disney World. I don't think he is in Disneyland because I always look for him. And I say, where is that guy with the hairy legs? But uh, maybe he is there. I don't know. But also to the right. So that's famous for having a hairy leg. And I think it's leaning over and he's probably singing or maybe he's playing a squeeze box. Also to the right there is a very intoxicated pirate who's in a mud bog with a bunch of pigs. And so that's the comic relief there. And he's kind of talking to the pigs, like uh, probably like the people and, and, and not making a lot of sense. I think the pirate with the hairy leg also has a bird. Then you go under another bridge uh, to say, okay, we're going somewhere. And you say, oh, wait, we're going indoors. We're under the Castillo or something. And you see, and some of these scenes were in the movie, but you see, uh, the, the, you know, the people that run the town there, they're all, uh, they've been put behind bars and they say they're trying to get a dog, which happens to have the key, uh, to let it out. And they're saying, Hey, come get a bone or something. And the dog's kind of sitting there just out of the reach with the key. And you say, Hmm, okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, that the dog has the key. I wonder if they'll ever get out of there. And I don't know what happened in the movie, uh, uh, to be honest. I can't really remember. And now, what happens next? I think in uh, 
in this this is another place where it departs uh, in Disneyland, Disney World. You just go by one more scene after that of uh, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. He's found the treasure room, and he had the key to the treasure room. And he's singing and he's drinking out of a goblet made of gold. And he's singing the song, Yo, Ho, 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 My Pirate's Life for Me, and saying, Hey, everybody, I did a pretty great job here. I'm Jack Sparrow, and I'm pretty happy with myself, and you should be happy for me, too. I think that's basically the uh, the, the gist of it, uh, I think. And he's kind of rocking in his chair, very well designed. Again, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much money these things cost, but I say, why don't you have more of these things? Uh, I want to suspend my disbelief. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just find these characters, uh, these audio animatronic things, you know, in a world without robots, this is all we have. Uh, so, uh, but he's singing. Now in Disneyland, it gets a little bit surreal after this. So so Disney World, that's it. You pass Jack Sparrow and you get off the ride there. And you say, okay, well, I guess that's the end of my ride. And now uh, in Disneyland, you go, you're like going under the village. Uh, and you're under the rafters of the, the village. Uh, and things aren't going so well. So chairs have fallen out. Uh, and uh, there's a lot more people having campfires, uh, which is really cool effects. Uh, now, I can't remember. I guess maybe I'm mistaken if this, this scene's only in Disneyland. But you, So you see a lot of, uh, you know, when you like to look at a campfire and you see the embers and it's so hypnotic and you relax yourself. Uh, that's exactly what it's like there. So it's uh, so relaxing. You're looking through there. And, uh, you're going and then you see a bunch of drunken pirates having an argument about, uh, what they think is rum, but which isn't, uh, and they're having a bit of a showdown and none of them could do anything right. Uh, and there's a lot of water effects, uh, like the water splashes because they're playing, uh, with the Nerf gun, Nerf, uh, they're playing with the squirt guns and they're trying to squirt each other. And so it's all a, a bit of a drunken to-do, but it's very uh, entertaining and effects-wise. There's a lot of uh, depth to the effects there, and there's more camp campfires being had. Then you start to go up a hill, and then you see Johnny Depp on your left uh, with all the gold stuff uh, saying, uh, Yo-ho, yo-ho, uh, pirate's life for me. And he's got, you know, he's celebrating and saying some things like, alas, alas, alas. And then you go up a hill, you're going through, and you see some forest friends uh, looking at you saying, huh, you're going up the ride there, huh? And you're kind of going up the waterfall in reverse. Uh, and when you get to the top of the waterfall in reverse, you end up at, uh, you're looking back at the restaurant, uh, and then you get to loop around the queue there, and you see the people waiting in line. Usually, unfortunately, a lot of times you have to wait in line to get off the ride. So you're in your boat, and you're waiting in line uh, to get off your boat. But then you get to go see the entrance again of the... Uh, and it's pretty cool, because you've been in the night, uh, and then you get to see maybe the outside. Is it nighttime? Is it daytime? I forgot, because I was uh, so immersed in the ride over here.
And you get to experience kind of the queue again um, from a different perspective, which is interesting. And, yeah, you see the parrot and the map and whatever else was there. Probably a beach with, like, treasure chests and all those things and a beautiful lamp and uh, a flag. I don't know if they call the flag a Jolly Roger, but, uh, you know, the kind of flag they would have there. And uh, then that's it for the ride. Uh, And you get off and you say, oh, boy, did I have a good time. What a joy that was. Holy cow. And you walk out. Now, you're also leaving at Lafitte's Landing again. So that's pretty cool. And I I do like that part there. And I don't think you could say, well, I guess you could say, like, the the ride in Disneyland is a little bit more immersive uh, when you're on it. And it takes longer, so it's a little bit more relaxing. I think both rides do a good job of getting people on and off uh, and not waiting in line all day. Uh, so that, and you, it's a nice slow boat ride. You do have a couple hills, but it's all ages. Uh, and it's good because you're sitting next to each other. So if you have a younger person, uh, you could cuddle them up and say, Hey, don't worry. I'm here. This is a fun ride. It's all pretend. And your friend Ray or your papa daddy is here to keep you company there. And you could snuggle up with them. And just relax, and maybe they could even close their eyes if they need to. You could close your eyes and listen if you want, and you could really enjoy yourself. Now, that's why I enjoy uh, I enjoy both. I do enjoy the one in Florida. Another nice thing about the one in Florida there is that you're getting away from the, the heat and the humidity for a while, or the rain if it's raining. And you'll be in there a while because maybe it takes, even if it's slow, it might take you a little while to walk to the ride and get on. And then you'll be waiting in the line. Uh, so by the time you get on there, you know, you, you even if it's a, a slow day, you're using up 20, 30 minutes. And you're spending it mostly in the air conditioning. And I think this restroom's also just, uh, at, uh, maybe not, uh, I guess not in Disneyland, Maybe not. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I think if you go left, uh, yeah, if you come out in Disneyland and go left uh, and head towards the train through New Orleans Square, there's some restrooms on your left there. And you could walk around New Orleans Square, listen to the music, maybe listen to a little New Orleans jazz. Uh, maybe uh, I tried to find a Monte Cristo sandwich the last time I was there, which was a little while ago, but... Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't remember where they're supposed to have them. I didn't have the patience to look it up uh, either. But you could go there. It's nice and relaxing, uh, and you could use the restroom. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, now, if you're in Disney World, I think as soon as you come out, there's a bathroom, and you're in, you're in a gift shop uh, in Disney World. Uh, uh, so you go right into a gift shop, but there's also a bathroom right there somewhere. Because I remember, I mean, I'm, you know, I need to know where the bathrooms are. I'm a human being. And so I think that's it, my friends. Thank you. If this is your first time listening to your friend Ray, I'm glad you were here to enjoy the ride with me. And it's so good to be back in your ears, my longtime friends, and take you on a little journey, on a little ride there. And point out some little differences that we could appreciate, just like in one another and celebrate and say, well, this is this here, this is this there. A little shorter here, but a little more immersive there. A little more air conditioning over here. A little bit more tree and plaza over there. 
Uh, but what could you say? You know, that, that all you could say is uh, have a good time. That's what Ray says. Have a good time. You know, prepare for rain. Uh, get there when the park, an hour before the park opens there. And enjoy yourself. Uh, all right. Good night from your friend Ray and all the people over here at this podcast. Okay. I want to thank everybody who reviewed the show over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Nolody. Nolody says, uh, in love with uh, Scoot. Uh, Scoot. Just Scoot. Uh, can't sleep without him now on my new sleep phones. Uh, not only at night, but lunchtime at work. Best podcast ever. Dulcet Tones. FTW. Yeah, it'll get you creaky. Uh, Mardu1982 from the UK says, uh, weirdly effective, like a baby in sleep training. It did take me two to three episodes to get used to the podcast structure and cadence, but now fully programmed, haha. And can barely stay awake past the end of the 10 to 15 minute intro. Scooter's funny voice, which seems gravelly and not at all relaxing at first, magically transforms into a soothing monotone white noise as he talks about random nothingness. My favorite episodes are Doctor Who recaps, uh, since I'm familiar with the plot lines, Trader Joe's episodes. Uh, I wish you had time to recap all of Doctor Who. I'd buy it as an audiobook. Thanks uh, for a lot, and uh, I'm much more happier and well-rested person during the day. That's why I do it. Oh, here's one of the Bellas, Alta Bella 2020, uh, instant help from uh, insomnia, or Tinker Ball, uh, uh, I have anxiety. It's not well controlled in the moment. I haven't been sleeping well. But the day I started listening to podcasts, I slept full eight hours and woke up without stiff muscles. Don't know what it is, but it does it for me. I'm hooked. Thanks, poor bay. Extremely helpful. This comes from Sarah Ng uh, from the USA. Uh, long and difficult history with insomnia. This podcast is an important tool to deal with it. It works for me. Comforting. And helps with insomnia-related anxiety. Scoots is there when you feel all alone and stressed about another sleepless night. I share this with all my friends and would recommend it to anyone. Uh, how about Amanda L. 1978 uh, from Canada? Been yet to finish an episode yet. Uh, for any other podcast, uh, saying I haven't been able to make it through an episode would be a bad thing. But for Sleep With Me, it's the best compliment ever. Yeah, I've suffered uh, with insomnia since I was a kid, tried everything, and then I heard Georgia... From MFM, I talk about sleep with me, gave it a try, and uh, usually out in a few minutes. I've been using sleep with me most nights for six months. It's been life changing. Thank you. Uh, Moshi, Moshi and Bird. Uh, I'm 13. I wouldn't be able to fall asleep due to various stresses and anxiety, but these few weeks I've been sleeping easily thanks to the podcast. I fall asleep before the story starts, and the intro is my favorite. Thanks for all your hard work. Well, thank you. That's very nice. Uh, really works. This is Starfruit Bat. Uh, thanks, uh, Scoots. I find your stories enjoyable and pre- appreciate uh, And don't mind if they put me to sleep. Uh, uh, Pretty M. Uh, it says, great stuff. I haven't made it to the story yet. Uh, Becca B123 from Australia. Rhymes. Boo-boo-wee. Uh, reviews are funny. Uh, get amused by these reviews. Oh, I think I've read this one. Most are glowing, or maybe I read it to myself. Uh, but then there's people who are weirdly aggressive and accusing Scooter of buying downloads. Well, I can promise you uh, that I'm a real person listening. LOL, some people are so weird. Yeah, uh, I don't get that either. How about calling at the box from the USA? Uh, only podcast I love that I can't ta- tell you about. Uh, 
I was unsure the first time, but then I understood. This podcast amazing. Changed my inability to sleep drastically. In addition to getting sleep, I no longer lay awake. I uh, think about random stuff. Uh, uh, and uh, I'm always asleep before the intro is over. So thank you. Thanks, everybody, that reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts. A uh, great way to you know, let people know that the podcast actually works. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time to do that because I know it's not easy. And uh, good night.